Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is The Finch Show and I am James Finch. On today's episode, my guest is Gabby Rodriguez. She is a relationship coach from San Antonio, Texas. We had an amazing conversation. Uh, relationships and how you deal with them, whether they're romantic or otherwise, is something that I think everybody can relate to. And she is so incredibly wise and so incredibly knowledgeable. The conversation we had was just great. I absolutely enjoyed it. I hope you do too. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Gabby. Okay, Gabby is here. Gabby, how are you? I'm doing good, James. Thank you. Good, 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 good. Um, I find it interesting. The the title that you have is um, Relationship Coach. And to people like me who don't know a lot about this kind of stuff, what is basically, if you were to sum up what a relationship coach is, how would you define it? I would define a relationship coach as somebody who not only holds space for you to kind of work through whatever it is that you're going through in the relationships in your life, but also bring awareness to maybe the patterns and programs that uh, were created earlier on in someone's life and also kind of develop goals that somebody would like to achieve and how their relationships could help them do that. Okay. How did, uh, how did you get to this point? How is it that this has turned into the thing you wanted to do? So I grew up not having the best relationships in my life. And, um, the way that the body works, there's only a couple of homeostatic connections in our body that are for social bonding and for relationships. And we form those foundations in our younger years. And, um, if they're not sort of like brought attention to brought awareness to, we can kind of recreate those same relationships throughout our lives in our workplace, in romantic relationships, in friendships. And that's kind of what was going on with me. Um, And it got to a point in my life where I was like, I don't want to experience this anymore. Um, But at the time, couldn't afford the resources to go to therapy. And so I kind of just started binging everything I could about relationships to help myself out of it. Um, And then once I saw my life take a pivot after I started implementing the work that I was learning, I was like, I want to help other people do the same thing. Mm-hmm. That That's great. What um, it, We had talked on the phone, um, I think, what was it, last week? Um, and you had mentioned that you had a biology background. Where was that from? The University of Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, okay. What made you want to go into biology? So like many people graduating from high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And my family told me like, well, you could go to pharmacy school or you can go to med school. They're really great jobs. Um, And you would need to get a biology degree in order to do that. And throughout college um, and getting the biology degree, I really didn't like it at all. And I Mm -hmm. think it was because um, I also worked in a pharmacy all throughout college and I couldn't see myself doing it, but I still also didn't know what I wanted to do at the same time. Um, so that's how that started. And then right when I graduated college, I kind of, I went into sales, completely didn't use my degree up until now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So many people go through that, don't they in college? Like you go in, you go in your freshman year with these high minded ideals of this is what you want to do. 
And then by the time you're graduating, you're like, oh, I don't know. Um, but those are really important years that like 18 to 22, you know, especially college, you know, especially did you go away to college or were you just commuting to campus? I lived on campus, but it wasn't my hometown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people I've met that makes a difference because then you're away from home and you're exposed to all these new things and you start to change your ideas on a lot of stuff. Um, I, I maybe I'm like you in the sense that I love the subject of biology. I don't know that I could do it for a living. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense, like once you get into the real technical stuff, you need to know to actually have a job in biology. Oh gosh, no, thank you. I loved, I loved, um, what you said earlier, um, because I, you know, somebody who has like zero formal training in this whatsoever, I've spent an awful lot of time thinking about it in my life. Um, and it, it kind of occurs to me that whenever a relationship is formed, whether it's romantic or whether it's friendship, both people bring a certain amount of baggage into that relationship. You know, and it's kind of like what you said earlier about how, you know, you, you sort of, form these ideas of what a relationship should be in your younger years. And a lot of that then is, I mean, that's a, a much more eloquent way than me saying baggage, <laughs> you know, just bring baggage into a relationship. And I, I've found throughout my life that so much of managing um, a relationship and especially producing a good relationship out of that has to do with being able to manage honestly your own baggage and also the baggage of whoever the other person is on the other side. Um, is there a lot of, I mean, I'm sure this is something that you've come across. Do you, uh, uh, I guess, have any ideas or theories on how best for people to deal with these sort of things? Mm, absolutely. And I really think it starts with being aware of your own patterns we can call it baggage we can call it patterns i feel like baggage kind of has a negative connotation that <laughs> right. i tend to stray away from but um yeah it's really being aware of what you're bringing to the table mm-hmm. um because we are attracted to people that will help us grow in this lifetime and um there's many many things that people could grow through but i think that when we're unaware of our values, when we're unaware of the quote unquote baggage we're bringing to the table, um, our, our patterns and someone else's patterns can kind of rub up against each other and they can either reenact, uh, the bonds that we formed in our formative years, um, or they can heal you from them. And I think it's really all about having that sense of awareness and also regulating and maintaining your own emotions. Um, and when I say values, it's kind of like being aware of why am I in a relationship? What do I want to do in this relationship? What do I want to do in my life? And how is this relationship, um, helping me grow towards that? Mm -hmm. I like that. And I'll have to apologize ahead of time. You have to keep in mind that I'm Gen X. So half the things we say are negative. It's just the way we are. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, and I I believe that there is kind of like a a journey that you go through, but I think, um, and I, like I said, I absolutely love the way you put that because, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with honesty, right? Like you can't grow if you're not honest with yourself as a person. You know, and I've, I've had that before in past relationships where it's just like, you know, I would be so upset with the person being like, 
why can they not be honest with themselves that this is what's causing an issue that their behavior or their pattern is causing this problem. And after being wrapped in that mindset for so long that eventually it sort of occurs to you like, wait, have I thought about myself? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, are there things that I'm doing that I'm not even aware or could potentially be contributing to the problem or, you know, making things even worse. And that, I think that uh, as, as people, we tend to have this like ego that like wants to defend our psyche, that wants to just put an armor around us and, you know, shield us from criticism and sometimes cracking through that uh, and being truly honest with yourself and taking a good hard look in the mirror. It's one of the hardest things to do, but I also feel like it's one of the most essential things to do. Right. And I agree. And I think that um, in order for people to because in, in our society and right now where we're at, I feel like in our own, in our collective evolution as humans, as this consciousness that we're sharing, we kind of have it, mm, different patterns have been stigmatized. Um, and there's a lot of ways that unconsciousness can play out with somebody and create these patterns to where they don't feel safe being their authentic selves. And so I think in relationship, if your goal is to love somebody and to create that safe space, sometimes that's not always calling them out um, or things like that, or it's not always trying to have them see your point of view or, or agree with exactly what you say or vice versa, but more about just so they know that you're trying to understand them. Mm-hmm. You are giving them that space to have their own experience in this lifetime um, and be able to grow into the person that they want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I love that. Um, yeah, we, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, everybody is, you know, we all kind of want the same things, right? Like, you know, we all want to feel safe. We all want to feel loved. We all want to feel positive. And um, yeah, I, that's, gosh, that's like one of those things that's going to cause me to, you know, really want to, mentally mull over for a while because I I think you nailed that I think sometimes we get so caught up in trying to get other people to see our point of view without realizing that there are situations where there's not necessarily a right and wrong you know it it can 100% be just two people's perspectives and if they don't jive up with each other then that's fine it's not going to you know be the end of the world I mean we could like talk about this on like the the macro level and be like well that's our whole country right now is that half of one side and half of the other side just want to go to war with each other. And, you know, if, I think if there was a little bit more of it's going to be okay, folks. And um, one of the things that I love um, about you and what you bring to it is the level of positivity, which is so much needed right now in society. You know, we've been, you know, I feel like for decades, we've been on this like downtrend of just like everything sucks, everything hurts, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's toxic, blah, 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 blah. Um, without taking a moment to realize that in reality, from what it could be, our lives are pretty good, man. I mean, we, we live in a good country, you know, it's, you're really hard pressed anymore to not have a roof over your head, to not find food in some fashion. And yeah, if you were to take somebody from a hundred years ago and bring them to now, they would think that they were like in Elysium or something. They would think like, this is so you can like control the temperature in your house. Like anytime you want, you don't have to build a fire or, you know, so I love the, um, the, the pot, like I said, the positivity that you bring to it. I think it's, it's, it's really, really great. Um, 
Have you found um, either through your work or even through your own personal experiences in life, do you believe that there is a point where a relationship has just run its course, where it just needs to come to an end? And is there a way that you sort of think of a line or define that in any way? Absolutely. And I think that um, I'm, I feel like I'm a very understanding person and I can see, if not both sides of the situation, three sides, four sides of a certain situation. And hmm, you can kind of think about it, not to be like a reductionist, but you can kind of think about it like um, a relationship, like at your job or at your career. Um, you go there to learn something, to um, excel in your career in a certain way, and you take the job because you know it has those things to teach you, and you come to an agreement with your hiring manager, like, this is what you have to offer, this is what I have to offer, let's work together, and some people stay at their jobs for their the whole time, some, some people only have work for one company for their whole entire careers in their lives, and some people um, have a new job every year and that's how they decide to grow. And I think the, the one narrative that was definitely, um, the most popular one when I was growing up was you, you meet somebody, you date them to marry them, you marry them, you have kids and you stay together forever. And, and that, and if you don't have that course, the relationship is kind of like a failure or it has to be this very dramatic ending. Um, but I think destigmatizing that is very important to me and very important in our time period. Um, if not so that people don't feel bad about their relationships or see them as failures, but also because there's so many different ways for someone to grow. There's so much facets to a human and having putting somebody in a box or saying you have to experience life in this certain way. Um, I think does more harm than good. And so when it comes to a relationship, I think that one of the main things to look at when you're looking at, um, is this something that I should move on from or continue with? One of the good things to look at is how much energy am I expending in this relationship? And how much energy am I getting from this relationship? And when you really put your values up next to it and you say, does this match what I'm trying to build and how I'm trying to grow? Yes or no. Um, and it's not so binary. It's not so black and white or yes or no. There are some relationships where you are in a rough patch. And definitely if you do decide to get married, there will always be, you know, that little winding road where maybe you have a really good um, time period with somebody and then you have the work and you're in the trenches with somebody. But even if you're experiencing those hard times, if you can reflect and ask yourself, is this truly helping me or is it hurting me? Um, and again, that goes back to being really, really grounded in who you are and what you want to do with your time here. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, that is amazing. I absolutely love that perspective. And you're so right. We have this like um, social script mm -hmm. about the way relationships are supposed to play out excuse me, whereas that you start dating somebody, just like you said, then you're dating to marry. And then if that doesn't work out, then something horrible, tragic and epic happened in order for that to all go down in flames. 
without taking into account that, you know, we're just, um, we're on this journey of life. And along that way, you're going to meet people and go through experiences. And, you know, that, uh, that sort of notion has occurred to me before I have, you know, I'm I, like, as I said before, I'm a little bit older, I'm 42 years old. Um, and I have people who I dated, you know, as I was in my teens, when I was in my twenties and today we're friends and follow each other on social media, you know, mm-hmm. life has gone on for both of us. I'm married. I have children. They're married. They have children. There's no animosity. There's no, I mean, we still like pictures of each other's kids. Like we just, we were people who came together during a journey and then eventually our boats parted path on the, on the sea. And that's, that's okay to have some sort of stigma or hatred. And um, yeah, one of the words that I, that I think is in the like modern lexicon right now that drives me nuts is the word toxic because it just makes it so easy to just label everybody as toxic. Everybody you don't agree with, everybody you have a disagreement with every, everybody that, you know, has ever wronged you. Well, you can just go on social media or walk around and be like, Oh, well, they're toxic. That person's toxic. That person's toxic Mm -hmm. without taking into account that maybe you're the one being toxic. If you're walking around calling everybody toxic, you know, and it just, it's such a, I don't, maybe it's just me. I don't like, I don't like simple labels. I don't like being able to take simple labels and just slap them on people because it's almost dehumanizing. And it mm-hmm. sort of strips the dignity from them and, you know, takes everything that a person has been through, all of their experiences, all their good sides, all their bad side, and just boils it down to one word, which has a massively negative connotation to it. And it just, it absolutely drives me insane. Mm-hmm. I agree. And we, it can go back to that multifacetedness of our human experience. And um, I wrote about this the other day, but you don't have to judge somebody in order to make a choice for yourself Mm -hmm. as in they don't have to be wrong for your choice to move on to be right Mm -hmm. so we don't have to say you know when we're ending things with somebody whether that be a job whether that be a friendship whether that be a romantic relationship um you know you did this this is all the ways that you messed up and that's why i'm moving on um, you, you can really just move on for other reasons, for better reasons. And like you said, still maintain good connections with the people that did help you grow in that phase of your life. Um, I think another good thing when you're looking to move on from any relationship, even if you are in a hard place and somebody really, you are experiencing hurt as a result from the relationship just take a second to reflect and think about all the things that that person did bring to your life, the lessons that you are taking into the next chapter of your life. Um, And then you can kind of course correct and say, okay, these are my values at the beginning of this relationship. How have I grown? What are my values now? Mm -hmm. And I think you are so right. We, uh, we tend to downplay that side of it or not acknowledge Mm -hmm. it near as much as we should. The amount of people that, and, you know, the, the longer you live, the more people you meet. And then one day you stand and you look back at your path and you realize the, you know, the winding road that it took, <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, I, I, it's interesting how it's like, I've had um, friendships with people who are no longer, you know, within my immediate sphere of people. Um, I've had romantic relationships that, you know, are no longer a thing. And yet, in each and every single one of those, you can look back and definitely take some good things from it. I mean, there was, there was something that brought you to that person to begin with, right. Whether it was romantically or or otherwise, and there's no doubt that those all 
throughout the course of time, mold us and change us and hopefully get us to grow and to be, you know, the, the better version of ourselves that, that we want to become um, without just looking back at every single past relationship, regardless of what kind of relationship it was and just label it as bad. Well, if you get to the point where you're old enough or you just feel like every relationship you've ever had was bad, then you're just not acknowledging the path of growth that you went through. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, it definitely for me goes back to that modern or that that main narrative that I experienced like in my younger years of like, if it doesn't work out, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Or if it doesn't work out because you you were aiming at marriage and it didn't work out. So you failed at something. And I think it's just not like it, it, that's also a little bit dehumanizing to me because we are so multidimensional mm-hmm. and there are m- multiple truths that can run alongside each other at the same time mm-hmm. where it can be like, I had an amazing time with you and I want to move on. And it almost like doesn't make sense to our human brain at this point of our level of consciousness, because it's like, well, if you had a great time and nothing's necessarily wrong right now. How, how is it also true that you want to move on? Mm-hmm. Um, but we were very intelligent beings that way. Mm-hmm. That you're absolutely right. And um, I feel like as a society, we need to stop the stigma of judging someone over their past relationships, you know, and I, I ex- exactly what you just said. And I, I feel that way. It's interesting. Um, I told you, we were talking earlier that, um, I I've been through a divorce in my life and it, you know, I've been divorced long enough now that, you know, you, you feel about it differently as time moves on when you look back on it. Um, but at the time, one of the crappiest parts about getting a divorce is that everybody within your like world orbit wanted to know why, like everybody was trying to find out the reason why you were getting divorced. And that puts you into almost like, just like you were saying, almost into like a defensive mindset. Like you have to plead your case to these people, whether it's family members, whether it's friends over and over and over again, like you're like, like you're Thomas Jefferson writing the declaration of independence. Well, they did this and they did this and they did this. Um, it, it, it really stinks because as number one is you're already going through something that's very, very emotional on top of it. You have like the added aspect of feeling the need to constantly defend it to everyone as well or explain it in, in a way of explaining, you're almost reliving it over and over and over again. And I really think that stinks. I really think that um, we need to accept the fact that if there's people in your life or you who has a relationship that ends, that that's just okay. Mm-hmm. That That's just part of the natural flow of life. That's just the transfer of energy that we go through and the world's not going to come to an end. And the Gen X me is part of going to say, and it's none of your business. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> just mind your own business, people, you know? Yeah. The, uh, do you go through, this is one of the things that I, I find fascinating that I actually like talking to you. So I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Um, is there anything that you would suggest um, in terms of like, if you're in a relationship and things are going good, um, what kind of relationship checkups would you have or relationship maintenance does any does any of that make sense i feel like i'm explaining it horribly no it makes a lot of sense okay and um 
I've definitely been in relationships where um, I go in to have that conversation of a check-in and they almost are defensive, like everything's going good. Why, why do we always need to work on the relationship? Um, but I did hear a quote um, this past week and I, I don't wanna, I don't remember who it's from. I have an idea, but I don't wanna misquote. But it said, um, the harder you work on your relationships, the easier they are. And there's another one that's like, if you're not working on your relationship, you're taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. And those relationship check-ins can be once a week, once a month, once every six months, whatever works for the individuals. And you can just, um, another tip is like, always ask questions that you would want to answer. You can kind of say like, how was your week? And it's kind of just this general, not very intentional question. But if you go in, like I have the intention to mm, make sure I'm supporting my partner in the ways that they need to be supported in the coming week, you can kind of check in and say, um, what do you have on your top priorities list this week? And you can kind of see where your relationship fits in with that. If they have a really busy work week, um, they can tell you that. And then in that week, if you're experiencing like, oh, I miss my partner, you can kind of go back to that conversation and remember that they expressed that they had a high priority for their work that week mm-hmm. or their family or anything like that. Or if you have children, that definitely plays a part in it as well. Um, but we're always, always, always growing. And I think for me, that's always something that's at a top priority in any of my relationships. So a check-in that says, um, what are do you have any new desires that have come up for you in the past month or six months? Do you have any needs that um, either I've been really good at meeting or that I haven't been so good at meeting? Do you have any boundaries that you want to let me know about that have come up for you that are new this week? And I think having these really intentional check-ins with your partner um, are acknowledging that multidimensionality of their humanness, that they are always growing. So yes, we had a check-in a month ago, but you're a new person today, this month. And I'm acknowledging that about you and I'm meeting you there and I wanna know how I can best support you in your growth. Mm -hmm. I love it. I wish I could take everything you just said and like put it on a loudspeaker in every city in the country, because I I think you are so on the money with that. Um, And it gets lost a lot. Unfortunately, I feel like sometimes relationships that were good can kind of slowly over the time, I don't necessarily want to use the word deteriorate, um, but maybe wander because of that, because we get so wrapped up and so much tunnel vision on what we're doing and what we got going on that sometimes you tend to neglect those people that um, meant a lot to you. Mm. And if the other person's doing the exact same thing, right. You know, you end up to this point where you were kind of like lockstep with each other. And then you turn and look back at the shore and you've both, you know, and sometimes that could, for some people, it's real easy to get back for some people. It's not. And um, that is something we never really, I guess, verbalized or set a goal for or set a plan for. Uh, But that's something that uh, we we've discovered that my wife and I do every single day. 
Mm. You know, and we had this thing where we got together. I want to say it's coming up on 13 years ago now. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the time it was, we both came to each other and we had both our previous relationships had been, um, very, very bad situations. Um, for both of us, they, the relationships were abusive, um, in some cases for one, I'm not going to get into it, but in some cases, physically, mostly verbally, emotionally. And so we both kind of like came together and we didn't realize until years later that essentially what we were doing is we were healing together. Like us being together, we were healing from past stuff we had gone through. And we just happened to, and in every way, shape, or form, emotionally, intellectually, we're just like right in step with each other. And because of the fact that, you know, when, when you're healing from past relationship like that and you're together, you, you, you know, you end up spending, spending a lot of time conversation. And you know what so-and-so used to do? Oh, yeah. Well, so-and-so also used to do this, you know, and back and forth. So in a weird sort of way, it sort of ended up this thing of both of us wanting to make sure that we weren't doing similar things to each other now that we were together, if that makes sense. Um, and so we ended up with this thing where we would say to each other all the time, Hey, am I still doing okay? You know, you'd mm -hmm. say that we'd say that a week into our relationship, a month into our relationship, six months into our relationship, like, Hey, we've been together this long. Am I still doing okay? Am I still treating you properly? Like, am I still respecting you and giving you your space? Um, and now it's like this term of affection because we still say to you, you know, sometimes a couple of times we, Hey, am I still doing okay? Yeah, you're doing fine. honey. Okay, cool. Um, but that's, that open line of communication, I feel like is everything and being able to, again, be honest, and then also be aware of the fact that, you know, in that that's the interesting thing. And I'm going on a tangent now, I apologize. But, um, you know, the the almost 13 years now that we've been together, we are vastly different people from when we first got together. We've both of us have gone through so much through career changes, through lifestyle changes. Um, kids have come along the way. That's why I have gray hair, um, all these things. And yet, you know, you, you still manage to maintain that, that really strong connection through all that, that I think is so fundamentally important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you are together to heal and to grow, I think that one of the un unconscious ways that we can show up in a relationship is kind of you, you form a bond with somebody and you're kind of, it's, it's like the control can step in. Like you want them to stay the same so they don't outgrow you or, um, and I think that when we get so used to connecting with somebody in a certain way, um, it's beautiful and it provides comfort and safety. Um, but there's, there's a part of us that will always want to be pursued in the new ways that we are growing. And like at the beginning of a relationship, when you first start dating somebody, you ask them all these questions about themselves, about their background, and you're getting to know them and you have that like excitement building you. And that desire doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. you gosh, you, you nailed it on that. Absolutely. We, um, one of the things that we often laugh about that I think had a huge um, role and how successful our relationship was is that prior to us dating, we had, we worked together. And not only did we work together in the same place, we had this work situation where it was just the two of us in this area, for the most part, completely by ourselves. And that went on for like a year, year and a half. And for 99.9% .9 of that, neither one of us looked at each other as a viable dating option. 
if that makes sense. So because of that, are we developed this relationship that wasn't built on pretense that wasn't built on trying to impress each other with, well, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, you know, I always kind of call it peacocking, you know, and guys going to the club and stuff like that. They've, you know, they're doing everything they can to look like the most, uh, the best mate in the building, you know, and they're trying to put on that air, like, you know, they're the coolest and they're the toughest and they dress the smoothest and all that kind of stuff. And you see that, of course, the other side from women as well. But when you're in a situation where you're, you're just at work at a job that neither one of you particularly like, you know, and, um, and so because of that, it was like, once we actually got started dating each other, like that whole get to know you phase was gone. And, you know, that we would laugh frequently because she'd say something like, oh, by the way, I want to let you know that I frequently do this. And I'd be like, I know. And I would say to her, like, oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this about me, but sometimes I have this thing, Ryan, she'd be like, I know, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and so that was we've always laughed that that was one of the one of the best ways to do that. And I wish that um, for other people, I, I like to tell that story is hopefully um a sense of almost advice, if that makes sense for people. Like when you're getting into a relationship with somebody and you really, really like the relationship, try to drop as much pretense as you can. Like mm-hmm. let them get to know the real you. Because the amount of relationships that I've seen that unfortunately ended where I think they would have been good is because one or the other person in the relationship was putting on a false front at the beginning. And then it kind of felt like a letdown once they got to know the real person. Whereas if they'd just been real to begin with, there wouldn't have been this like, you know, weird drop. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but that's the stuff that's in my head. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. And I think the letdown comes from the incongruence of like somebody says one thing, but they do another thing. And Um, I think that is one of the hallmarks of an unhealthy relationship of we're constantly saying um, in my, in my uh, very early relationships in my life, it would be a caregiver saying, I love you, but not showing me that, or um, instead showing me frustration or instead showing me um, anger, outright anger. And as a child, and even as an adult, when you experience this, you're left to make up the difference. Um, You're left to try to understand that person, or you're left with those thoughts of like, is it me? Or is this what love is? Um, And I think that it also has a lot to do with dopamine in the body. Dopamine is released in the body when we are able to accurately predict certain things. And so if somebody is saying, they're all these things. And then later on, they're not, it's like a letdown in the body physically as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, and it's just, um, Oh, you're absolutely right. And I feel like, and this, I, I, this isn't just relationships, but it's definitely related to that. But I've come to realize, I realized several years ago that a lot of my happiness that I had in life was 100% based upon what my expectations were. And in the sense that what you think is going to happen and then what actually happens when those are two different things, just like you were saying, it really sucks, like really bad. Like I always tell people, like, you know, if you go into work and you're going into work and you have every expectation that it's gonna be a good day, it's gonna be a not that busy day, it's gonna be smooth, 
and you're just all smiles and walking on clouds to walk in. And that day turns into be an extremely busy, frustrating, aggravating day. All of those negative connotations are like amped up by a thousand Mm -hmm. because of the expectation you had when you walked in. But if you flip that, if you walk in and I'm not trying to like, I know I get negative, I'm a Gen Xer again, but if you walk in and being like, okay, today could potentially be really, really busy. I'm going to need to be on my toes. It's going to get crazy. And then it's not near as crazy as you expected it to be. Then it's great. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say that the day ended up the same, regardless, like that's your control on the experiment. But if you have expectations here versus expectations here, and I feel like, um, you, you see that a lot in relationships as well. And unfortunately, sometimes in romantic relationships, especially when you have people who sort of form this, um, feel free to call all this BS after I say it, because I don't have any scientific basis for this whatsoever. But I sort of feel like sometimes we base like as a guy, you tend to base what you feel like a woman in a relationship is going to be is based upon the relationship with your mother, and vice versa, sometimes with women. And so when you get into a relationship with someone, and you think everything's going great, and over the course of time, you realize that this person isn't acting the way you expected them to act without taking into account that that's not who they are. Like you're expecting somebody to be something like you can't buy a dog and then complain that it's not a cat, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have to be able to be honest and look at someone for who they are, for the experiences that molded them, for the journey they took to get through, to be with you into account anytime you're dealing with that person, rather than just taking these this whole like ton of bricks of expectations of for whatever reason you have in your head and then dropping it on them and then getting upset when, you know, things don't go the way you wanted them to. Mm, Absolutely. Um, I talked about this a little bit last week on my Instagram page, but about how when we get into relationships with people and we're like, all right, we're ready to date we're boyfriend and girlfriend without having the conversation of like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? Yeah. And if you don't know what you're committing to, how can you be fully committed? Mm-hmm. And it kind of leaves so much space for there to be like that expectation of like, oh, like I expected them to act like this and they say they love me, but then they act like this. And you, you replay, like you said, those things that happened in our formative years. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to touch on something you said about kind of like having the expectation of going into work of, oh, today's going to be a great day. Um, and then it's not, and your, your expectations are kind of let down and you experience that in your body as well, or, or having the, um, just kind of the, the average outlook of like, it could be any kind of day. And then it, it kind of blowing your mind maybe. Um, but how I like to look at it is if you get so clear on who you want to be in this world, don't move from it for anything have the unconditional outlook on it of, I want to be me so bad. I'm not going to step out of that for a busy day. Um, And in relationship, especially like when you say, okay, I want to be these things and you can narrow it down to five things and get really creative and list a thousand things. But if your partner um, is having a bad day, or if your partner, maybe they are in an unconscious space where they project something onto you, you don't move from that spot. You still be who you are 
no matter the conditions that are going on around you. Um, and you really like embody that unconditionality, that unconditional love. And it's not to say that you have to sacrifice uh, yourself for them or, or put up, quote unquote, put up with anything that you don't deserve, but you don't step down from your integrity because of somebody else's behavior. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I love it. Um, I, when I was a, a kid or kid younger, um, I had a mentor who used to say to me that the world is full of bad apples, refuse the urge to take a bite. You know, that always, that's, I, that encapsulates what you said, like 100%, like don't, don't let other people's bad energy jack you up. Cause then it just ends up a virus that's just going around and, you know, and I've realized that in workplaces that, you know, there tends to be this, um, you know, the old phrase of the crap rolls downhill, you know, this person's upset. So they pass it on to this person. Now this person's upset. They're going to pass it on to this person. And I've often felt that when that gets to you, you in that moment have a choice to make. You can either take all that anger and that frustration and pass it on to the next person and just keep perpetuating that cycle or just say, this ends right here. Mm-hmm. I understand you're frustrated, even if you're not verbalizing it to this person, even if you're just saying it in your head, which sometimes is safer. Um, you know, just, okay, you're frustrated, you're angry, upset, you've had a bad day, you've just unloaded on me. I can absorb that and keep moving on. I don't even want to say absorb it. I can let it bounce off me and just keep moving on. Because then if you treat the next person with respect, dignity, and you're in a good mood about it, then that can be the new cycle that hopefully can, you know, move it along. But if all you're doing is just getting angry because someone else was angry and then they're angry because somebody was angry at them, you see, it just creates this like weird negative feedback loop of just constantly around and around. And I don't know if you've ever been there. I've worked in workplaces like that where the whole workplace was just like, just felt like I almost used the word toxic. And I don't want to because that's the word we're trying not to use anymore, at least in my, my aspect. But yeah, anyway, you, you get what I mean. Absolutely. And I think um, integrity means that you only have one self. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you're not like, I'm not like work Gabby and family Gabby and friend Gabby and romantic partner Gabby. It's just one Gabby. And I think when we put all the conditions of like, let's say like work, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have to deal with this from my boss and they're doing this. So I'm going to act like this. And my integrity doesn't move. I decide who I am, no matter where I'm at. Um, You can be, you know, like in traffic or you have a long wait at the doctor's office or any of these things. And once you get so rooted in your values and your purpose and your mission here on this earth, um, it's almost like less tempting to move from it. You don't need people to be a certain way in order for you to stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, um, I, I view it as, you know, what kind of rudder do you have? You know, a mm-hmm. ship that doesn't have a rudder, the wind's going to push it every which way. You know, if a wind comes from the North, it's going to get pushed that way. So how good of a rudder you have, that's going to keep you straight, no matter which way the wind is blowing. Um, I, I love it hundred percent. And I, I have no doubt that people who are going to listen to this are going to appreciate that as well. We're, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we are just about 
running up against the clock here. Um, do you have anything that you would like to say to everyone here at the end? Huh. I There's a couple of things coming up that want to flow through. And I think that one of the biggest things that I could mm, say to someone is the love that you know exists does. And even if you've been shown something that, you know, said it was love, but didn't resonate with what you truly know it is in your heart, don't give up on it, that it is out there and that you can be the pillar and you can still create that for yourself. Um, And the more that you exude your own definition of what love is, the more that you will have it reflected back at you. Um, And I think that if I gave up on what I truly believed, what love was, that I wouldn't be where I'm at, that I would be possibly in a unhealthy situation or relationship. Um, and to truly just, just have that faith and be very, very trusting in that knowing that you have inside. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot love that enough. I 100%. Absolutely. Um, well, Gabby, I want to say thanks for the time. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I appreciate you a great deal. I'm going to 100% continue to follow you because I love everything that you, that comes out of you and everything that you bring to the table and uh yeah hopefully uh hopefully in the future we can we can connect again if you're up for it absolutely thank you so much for having me all right well thank you all right everybody that was the podcast with gabby rodriguez hope you enjoyed it i definitely enjoyed making it uh definitely look her up you can follow her on instagram for sure And I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the podcast, uh, for sharing and continuing to help it grow. Um, I love every one of you. I hope you take care of each other and we'll talk to you next time.